Welcome to the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is John Plumstead, going to do a quick solo episode. And then next week, we'll return to our normally scheduled, normal broadcast schedule, maybe. I don't know, I was trying to sound fancy and it didn't really work, but here we go. Today's topic is OMG, the sky is falling. I want to go into a story like the the old-time radio, like, it was a dark and gloomy night. People looked up and saw aliens coming from the sky. But what I'm trying to allude to is people are freaking the F out about the economy right now. Um, You know, I recently became a dedicated subscriber to the Wall Street Journal, reading um, newspaper on a daily basis. So I'm up, up to date on all this. And the bottom line is the world's freaking out. Right, stock market is crashing. Right, I, I the time date stamp on this is Tuesday, January four, June, Tuesday, June fourteenth, twenty twenty two. So this is Tuesday. This is I'm gonna publish this on on Wednesday tomorrow. But uh, everyone's freaking out. People think the Fed's gonna increase interest rates by uh, I think three quarters of a point. Um, inflation is going crazy. We went from uh, you know, super low unemployment and uh, can't find enough people to uh, do the jobs that we needed them to do. And then we've got major companies, uh, tech companies, laying off tons of people saying anyone who can't go back to the office is getting getting sequestered or whatever, furloughed, whatever name you want to use. Uh, things are crazy. Okay. So what I want to Tell you is just three things that we are doing in our business that give us peace of mind and make us feel good, right? Like um, it's one of those things where I think every real estate investor right now is looking at it like generally it's probably a good thing, right? Investor, most brokers probably don't think it's a, a good thing because they want prices to go out forever, right? But investors, I think most of them are like, hey, it's a good thing. So then the question with investors is, a downturn, a recession, a softening of the economy is good, but everyone's got a timeline, right? How how long is this thing going to last? If it lasts a quarter, two quarters, okay, good to go. If it lasts a year, okay, good to go. If it lasts two years, if it lasts two years, there's a lot of people in commercial real estate today that will not last two years. If it lasts three, four years, I don't think it will, but if it were to, it'd be really tough, Okay. So here are three things that we've done in the past and we're going to keep doing. Number one is conservative underwriting. I'm going to go through them and then I'll describe them. Number one, conservative underwriting. Um, Number two, making sure that we have plenty of investors that want to partner with us. And number three, making sure we're hunting for great deals. Let me dig into them a little bit. Conservative underwriting, okay? If you look at a model, there's a bunch of inputs, a bunch of variables that you can play with. And if you're the one underwriting a deal, or if you're a company that has a system, systematic approach into how you underwrite deals, there's a lot of ways you can play play with those numbers. Okay. And every, every time you put in a number, you can make it more aggressive or less aggressive. And the more aggressive you make that assumption, the less conservative it's going to be. So here are some specific ways in which we believe we approach deals in a conservative manner. Number one, we have always said 
we are going to bank on 3% appreciation. In Florida, they've seen lots higher than 3% appreciation. There's a lot of people that are underwriting for appreciation much higher than 3%. But when we underwrite deals, we look at market appreciation of 3%. We have used some models where we, we've gone to 3.5%. That's as aggressive as we've ever been with our appreciation. Because if it's a really hot market, we'll say 3.5%. But generally, we're at 3%. Next, we look at what we try to buy mom and pop storage facilities and bring their rates up to market rate. When we say market rate, we try to bring it generally, we work our numbers up to the market average. Okay. Maybe, maybe three quarters of the opportunity, but we don't ever bet on getting to the top of market rents. We say we never have to lead, lead the market to have a great investment. Okay. Um, Next thing is we run our model off a expense ratio of usually 35% expenses off of year one. Okay. So we, we add up all of our expenses and we say, how much is that going to be? Does it make sense in year one? And then after we do the value add, we keep it at 35% to make sure our numbers can still work. But our expenses are not going to go up nearly as drastically as our revenue. So the fact that we keep it as a percentage of revenue gives us a lot of conservative buffer in our model. Okay. The next thing is we get conservative debt. Okay. Uh, We don't use bridge financing. Um, We try to have debt that has um, you know, lots of lots of options and doesn't lock us into anything. Try to get seller financing whenever we can, but we try to make it so, hey, we don't have any balloon payments coming, right? Like we can, all of our assets can last three, five years. We don't have to worry about um, uh, refinancing, okay? Uh, on our assets, we try to keep expenses super, super low. I said before, 35%. We are under 35%. Uh, for all of our facilities, I think we'll be significantly below 35%. We're growing an operations team um, that is lots of uh, offshore labor in the Philippines where we're able to use wage arbitrage to really get a deal. Okay. And the other conservative thing we do is we always model for a five-year hold. There's a lot of times when we buy a facility, it will make the most financial sense to flip it in 12 months, right? But we always make sure it looks good to hold it for five years. We've got one in Lawton, Oklahoma right now that I think, you know, good chance we're going to sell it really close to the 12 month mark. But if the economy is that bad, we're going to be able to hold it and it's going to be a good investment. Next thing, more investors. Okay. Here's my number two, more investors. People are going to change their mind. People that are super interested today are not going to be interested in investing in real estate or alternative assets tomorrow. Therefore, we just need a lot more investors to make sure as we have that attrition and people stop being interested in real estate, that we still have plenty of investors that are interested. Okay. Because there's this idea, like no one has a problem buying what they think is the bottom, but no one wants to buy on the way down. Right. So right now we're in a spot where so much uncertainty that people think prices are going to decrease. So they're they're nervous, right? We we tend to look at it like, um, yes, market prices may decrease, cap cap rates, right, may get worse. But any deal that we have lined up right now, we we still think it's a really strong deal because we're buying buying at a discount. Okay, um, we also need investors that just have deeper pockets. What I mean by that is, we've got a lot of investors 
that are kind of our military peer group that are, you know, net worth of, you know, we'll call it right around a million bucks, right? Which is awesome. Good, good for them. But if your net worth is right around a million bucks, um, you know, you're probably going to put, you know, maybe at most you're going to put 25% of your net worth into alternative assets, right? So we'll call that 250K. Um, as the economy starts um, shrinking, right? As the economy, we go into a recession. If your net worth goes from 500K to 700K and, you know, let's say you only want 10% exposure to alternative assets, 10% of 700K is 70K. You can just see how those, those, people that don't have as high a net worth, they're going to start looking at their allocations and be like, you know what? I've got enough exposure to storage right now. I don't want to put more money in there, right? So we love continuing to work with, you know, the West Point Network and our, our grads and people people like us. Um, but ultimately, the people with deeper pockets, the people that are uh, wealth working for wealth management companies or own, owning wealth management companies or family offices, those are likely the people that we're going to do the most deals with over the next 24 months because they have deeper pockets. They want to continue to have exposure to alternative assets. And then their time horizons likely going to be different. Most of those people are looking to place money and see the return on it over the next three, five, seven, 10 years. And a lot of retail investors are looking for more of a quick hit. Okay. Number three, it's time to hunt. What do I mean by it's time to hunt? There's big discounts that are going to be available right? We're going to have lots of buying opportunities. Um, it's it's going to be exciting. Okay. We're going to have a lot of sellers. There's deals right now that are under contract. They're going to fall out of contract. And then the broker is going to get another buyer and it's going to fall out of contract again. And those sellers are going to get tired, right? So if we can come in and say, Hey, we close deals. This is who we are. We're going to be able to get that stuff at a discount, right? Um, I, I imagine we can probably get stuff at a discount already, but over the next three, six months, it's it's gonna we're gonna be able to definitely start getting discounted deals. The other thing is we're gonna have, you know, if we look at our competition investors, we're gonna have a bunch of investors that are gonna drop out because it's gonna get hard, it's gonna get scary, and they're not gonna be able to make it. The other thing we're gonna have is we're gonna have a lot of brokers fall out, right? A lot of brokers with in my opinion, that ecosystem is so fragile. There's there's so many brokers that aren't make, making any money and they're living for, for the big, big paycheck that when that doesn't come, a lot of those brokers are going to gonna go to the wayside, right? So I think off-market opportunities are going to gonna come back because, um, you know, the, the analysts, the cold callers, the junior brokers, all those people, not all of them, right? But a percentage of those people aren't going to have jobs anymore and they're not going to be able to make ends meet and they're not going to be cold calling. So that's going to be an opportunity for us. Okay. So there's my three things. The sky is falling. Why am I still confident that our business model is correct? Three reasons. Number one, we're using conservative underwriting. Number two is uh, we've got a solid bench of investors and we're trying to build that bench every day. Um, Number three, there's deals on the horizon and we're hunting for them hard. Okay. Um, and then, so what are the, what are the three things that I think are going to pull us, pull us out of this, right? Like what, what gets to the other side? Um, and I, I don't, I don't want to be political. So hopefully this doesn't come off as, as political. Cause I think Republicans, de- Democrats are both, both guilty here, but here's three things that I think, um, 
need to happen. And I think they will happen. And I think uh, it'll get our economy going in the right, right direction. Okay. Number one is the midterm elections, right? Coming up in November, it'll be a shakeup, right? I think uh, there's a lot of people in the middle of the political spectrum that uh, when they vote for their heart, they're, they're going to vote for the Democrat candidates. And when they vote with their pocketbook, they're going to vote for the Republican candidates. And, um, I think our political system works well because there's a two party system, right? And uh, anytime we kind of go too far one way um, or the other, it's good to pull it back. So I think the midterm elections will help. Um, I think it'll help put confidence back in the markets. Number two is I think, um, I'm not sure the political candidates talking about this, but I think immigration needs to increase significantly. Um, I've said before that uh, increased immigration or immigration, you know, has, has, generally been uh, something supported by Democrats um, because it's, it's kind of been a humanitarian issue. And most Republicans have been like, Hey, we want to want to make sure we have a tight border and we want people to wait in line. And I think if we want our economy uh, to stay strong and to get stronger, we're going to need to bring in a lot of people. Um, so I think immigration is going to continue to, or it's going to build and it's going to become more and more of a Republican uh, talking point is we need to increase immigration to help the economy. Just my thought. We'll see if it happens. And then I think the obvious one everyone can see now is a, the printing of money and both President Biden and President Trump, um, you know, printing a bunch of money. So I don't think that's a, a political statement one way or the other, but continuing to print money isn't going to help us. So uh, the sky is falling, but I feel good. Conser- conservative underwriting. Um, we've got a deep bench and we're trying to make it deeper and we're hunting for deals. And then hopefully we can make some good macroeconomic decisions as a nation to uh, get us out of this. But uh, as always, hit us up on Twitter um, at John Plump said Frank is at Frank Scap with two P's. Um, and then hit up Adam Parsons as well. He's our GM. And then um, get on our email list if you want exposure to storage, you want in on any of our deals, if you want to stay up to date. Thanks for listening and take care.